Anthony Taylor has given a penalty inside the first minute. They're all back tackling around the ball, those Manchester City players. He's not going to get away with that. He stood on his toe and then kicked him in his calf. It's a pretty decent ratio of success from the spot for Bruno Fernandes, and it just gets past Edison, who went the right way. But Manchester United race into the lead here, and Manchester City are behind in a Premier League game. And it's a rocket of a start from the Reds. Rashford, Shaw's up there. Manchester City can't play their way out of trouble. Luke Shaw and almost wriggled away from Edison, who's a besieged goalkeeper. Not been used to this. And parried away by Henderson from Zinchenko. They're starting to move through the gears, Manchester City. the top of the bar from Rodri that's as close as Manchester City have managed to come become a father in the last couple of days in Spain here go his teammates he's left behind for the derby and Shaw scores goodness me it's Luke Shaw for Manchester United what a moment for Luke Shaw, he's been Manchester United's best player by a mile this last month, I thought, on Wednesday night at Sellers Park. He was the only one who showed up, and today, a big moment for him. Tomine, and it runs for Martial! That's probably a foul on McTominay, but he plays the advantage. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. He just anticipates Edison where he's going to go. He's got that far corner to go in. That I'm sure if he goes there, he gets the goal. Ruben Diaz. Walker again. It's a great cross. And how's he missed? It's been game after game after game yeah. against today's opponents that he's missed chances like that. Well, maybe Lindelof just sticking his leg out puts him off. Welcome to a non-royal show. We're on today's show. We won't be talking about the royal family like every other show. Instead, we'll be talking about this week's Premier League, Champions League, and the best competition you wait for Europa League. In today's show, we'll be joined by Arsenal fan Lloyd Bounds, Tottenham fan Max Noon, Travis Normal, Moan Alex Dearsley, and the main man of St Martin's Radio, Senor Lopez, um, the best, well, the only Atletico Madrid fan. Um, I know as well, there is obviously, as we talk every week, VAR drama for probably about the 956th time as well. So we'll start off with a bit of VAR drama, get it done out of the way. And I was with Lloyd's team, Arsenal, um, drew 1-1 away at Burnley. Um, well, you know, it was a poor performance from Arsenal, but it was overruled by um, VAR decisions. Before we talk about them, VAR decisions, Lloyd... Performance-wise, disappointed, expected? 
Um, I'd say the performance was quite good. It was just the finishing we really lacked in. I think Bakayo Saka probably had one of his worst games for us. But like he, he didn't do that bad. Uh, he just missed quite a clear chance. Uh, well, like we, it was a decent game. Like I think the scoreline probably results how we played. Like we, we should have finished a few more, few more chances. But it was definitely VAR stealing the headlines with a very controversial handball call. They, well, they didn't even seem to check it. And we'll start off with the Eric Peters one then. We got um, sent off. He'd only been on the pitch for about three minutes. Um, in real time, possibly, you know, you give sympathy to the referee. But obviously when he went to VAR, it was quite clearly um, a red card. Not even Chris Sutton could accuse me of um, not sitting near the TV on that one because he was quite clear. But um, the second one should have been a penalty. Any explanation I, I, I don't know. I'm lost with it. Did, surely it was a penalty, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it, it hits him through the hand. Like, like you can clearly see Pepe's one on one with him. He, he goes across it. It just, it literally hits him in the hand. He, he moves his hand towards the ball as well. Like, it's, it's not like one of the ones where it just like hits his hand on accident. He moves his hand to go to the ball. It's, it's terrible. Um, but as you said, it was a. A good performance, I suppose, compared to um, other weeks as well. But you, you're the victim of your own your own downfall, really, Lloyd, because you set Burnley's first goal. Um, it was just a comedy of error, wasn't it, from Granite Xhaka? It was terrible. Um, it, it was. Aubameyang put you ahead after six minutes, and then Chris Wood probably... He probably couldn't believe it. The luckiest goal you'll ever see in, in football... Are we ever going to see an end to these mistakes? Because as we'll talk about later, the Europa League, it just seems to be happening every week. Is there ever going to be an end? So I really hope so. We went to we went to a nice run without making mistakes, and it was really good. And I recently, but it was terrible. Like Jack, a huge mistake there. And it was it's because he can't use his right foot. Like the pass to Reese was on straight away. That's what any other player would have done. But he can't use his right foot, so he tried to pass on his left. He's passing to Woods. I think I think it'll only change with with personnel changes. Like Jack has made these type of mistakes before. Like we'll talk about Sabios later. He's made these sort of mistakes. Dan Louise is quite error prone as well. And well, I don't think it's really going to change until we get different players in. Um, and back on that VR, Alex, you watched um, Bayern Munich Dortmund on um, Saturday. Obviously a really good game. And you said after that you was really impressed with VR in Germany. What do you think that? the English game or the English referees could learn from VR in Germany because it does seem to be successful based on what you said. Well, it just seemed to be more sensible. Like, like I know you and Lloyd are talking about the VAR, but VAR got it right with the decision that they didn't, you know, when they had the penalty, the guy was sent off. So VAR yeah. worked perfectly then because I'm not blaming the ref. It came quick. And they should have had a penalty, Arsenal. 100% penalty with the handball. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, that, that, could, have, that could have saved Burnley's season. If he had got sent off, they could have lost that game. Without VAR, that would have been all wrong. But with Germany, the refs seem a lot better. But what I, what I noticed, if anything controversial happens, straight away he's going over to the screen. He's not wasting his time waiting for someone else to look at it. He's going straight over to the screen. I just find it just... I, I, I just don't know what to say about VAR. I just don't understand why they're making it so difficult. It's, for me, anything controversial, why don't you just go straight over to the screen? There's no point in just standing there with a whistle in his mouth, waiting with the players. Go over and have a look yourself. And Mr Lopez, what's the situation in Spain with VAR and the refereeing? 
I think it's pretty much like uh, it's going on in all over Europe. In France, here there is controversy and Spain is exactly the same. But the problem, there is no uh, a single criteria. So what um, a referee might consider uh, harm uh, um, on, on the area and therefore a penalty, some others would disagree. So what we need is unify the criteria because at the moment, no one knows if it's penalty or not. You can see the players. They, they don't even know what's going on. Uh, and I think one of the, the, the proper solutions is to have not 20 referees or 10 ref- sorry, 10 referees on the VAR. Only have a handful of them. That, that would mean that only there will be let's say five of them always doing the same matches. So five criteria, and they all can agree on that. And also having on the VAR former players as well, yeah. not only referees, so players that will go and, and give their own professional opinion, because uh, at the moment it's ludicrous. I hate the VAR. I don't know you guys. I'm, I'm used to, as soon as I see the, the, the ball going through the line, I'm... And just shouting goal, but now that that ecstasy is gone because I need to wait sometimes even five minutes to see if goal or not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just bizarre, but I think over here, um, or no, it might have been in FIFA, um, FIFA as a whole. I think they're changing um, the handball and the offside rule as well. I think Arsene Wenger, um, he's part of the law committee now, and he, Lloyd, I think he put forward a few plans for the offside as well. Am I right? Yeah, yeah he put forward this horrendous idea for the offside rule. <laughs> and what about the offside? Uh, I mean, VAR was here just for making things easier, um, for things that are obvious. If it's not obvious, um, I don't want to spend five minutes to check two millimeters of an offside or not. I think the decision of the referees should stand. If VAR cannot see it straight away, just move on. Yeah. I, but I suppose it is in to get an accurate decision despite, you know, it could take five minutes, two minutes. However, I suppose that's what they probably argue but it is it is a mess but it does work well maybe not this week in the champions league but it has done you know they go straight over to the monta like they do in germany and by the sounds of it in spain italy and and france well so hopefully it does improve well it can't get any worse in in this country anyway then the three o'clock game slampton won away at sheffield united 2-0 james ward prowse scored a 32 minute penalty then stuart armstrong whipped a brilliant ball in and then shea adams volleyed it um, home as well, brilliant strike for Shea Adams. But the big news today is Chris Wilder's left Sheffield United. Any explanation on to defend Sheffield United, Max, on their decision making, <clears throat> getting rid of him? No, really, there's not. I, mean, I, I don't make it doesn't make any sense to me at all because, like this season, you're not going to get anything really realistically. I don't think you're going to get you're gonna get a manager in that will really make a. I mean, maybe the the form could improve for you know a slight period of time but it's not going to get them anywhere you know maybe they might get out 20th but yeah there's no point getting rid of a manager like Chris Wilder who's proven that he can take him to the Premier League before and then replace him because well realistically he's going to do it next season you know I'm sure he'll you know at the end of the season he'll he would be able to you know set up a plan to get promoted again it doesn't make any sense and I don't really think I can defend it 
Yeah, obviously he's a, he's a Boyhood fan. Um, he won League One with them with 100 points. He got promoted to the Premier League. He was their manager of the year. He finished ninth last year when they could have possibly got Premier League or uh, sorry, Premier Champions League or Europa League as well. Um, their highest ever points tally. Do you think though, Alex, obviously being our EFL expert, that he'll go to a Championship team next season, so at a Sheffield Wednesday or? <laughs> Maybe not the best <laughs> idea, but, um, you know, a championship team that are probably mid-table, like a, um, I don't know, a QPR that could progress him on to promotion to the Premier League, or do you think that he'll have time out? I'm not sure. He seems to love his football, I and mean, he's one of these managers who's very down the line, and that's what I like about him. He speaks the truth, you know. He, I really like the guy. I, I think he's a he's a great advert for football. He's honest. He's brutal. Um and I think, yeah, it's a pity. I wouldn't be surprised if he perhaps has a break and then perhaps picks up a, a premiership job perhaps halfway through next season where a team is struggling or perhaps a team is not happy with their manager. Because it doesn't seem to be... The reason why I think he's left is something to do with the owners and, and some signings in January he didn't get. So it be interesting to see. But I like him a lot. I, got him, I agree with Max 100%. I just, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. No, I think ex-Leeds manager Danny um, Heckenbottom's taken over. Um, as well, then the half-five game that I watched over uh, Bayern Dortmund didn't provide any entertainment apart from a yellow card for Morgan Sanderson. He finished nil-nil between Villa and Wolves. Then, bit of an entertaining game, the last game on Saturday night. Leicester won away at Brighton 2-1. Adam Lallana put Brighton ahead after 10 minutes. And then um, in the second half, Leicester woke up then and scored two uh, goals to take them up to sec- second at the time. Ian Acho and Daniel Amati with um, the goals there. Tielemans and Old Brighton who have pr- pretty much got to um, step up without Barnes and Madison. Quickly then, Lloyd, Leicester, what you've seen? Obviously, no Barnes, no um, Madison. Can they still make top four, do you think? Uh, I, th- I think it'd take a lot of doing. I think Vosges might be able to pull it off, but they've got such a weakened team. Like, like you look at the lineup they put out. Like you said, they, well, they're full of injuries. Like only the other game, they've started Wilfred Ndidia centre back. Like they seem to basically been decimated. But I, I think if they start, if they start putting a bunch of results together, then I think they could. And like Vosges has done a great job with them. And if you can get them more playing, then I, I can see them going top four. I don't think it will happen, but there's definitely a chance. And Vardy's obviously been um, well in poor form recently. Do you expect him to get back up to uh, his usual big standards soon? Uh, yeah, I'm sure you will. His stats this season haven't really been the best, have they? He's got a lot of pens since the start of the season. Uh, I, I definitely think he will, because well, he's shown over the past five years that he's a very high-quality forward. Yeah, and then getting on to the best day Sunday, um, well, apart from the 12 o'clock game, 0-0 between West Brom and Newcastle, nothing really happened there. Then the next game, brilliant results, um, Fulham won away at Liverpool, 1-0, another defeat at Anfield for Liverpool, as we said last week. Um, it is becoming a fortress at Anfield because Liverpool can't win there now. Um, Mario Lamina scored the uh, only goal after 45 minutes for Fulham. Um, did really deserve it as well. Salah then, Alex, you've defended him. Dived after four minutes. Give away the goal. Losing the ball, which cost Liverpool the game. You know, and everyone goes on about whacking the stats. Oh, Bruno lost 
interceptions or lost the ball this many times. Salah cost Liverpool the game. So if Fernandez overrated, Salah's overrated. Try and defend him. Uh, quite easily. It's, a, it's an amazing thing called Champions League winning medal. Uh, a champ, uh, Premier League's winning medal and still being top scorer in the Premiership. He's not overrated. I, I think that's crazy. You're the one that seems to be jumping on Bruno because myself, Lloyd and Max have both said that he's a very, very good player, but he hasn't performed in the top games. Now, after watching the Man City game, he still didn't perform that well. He scored, you know, but what I'm saying is I don't see how you can ever say Salah's overrated. He's, no, because a lot of people have said Fernandez, not, not on the show, but a lot of people have said they think Bruno Fernandes is overrated. No, he's not. I wouldn't say he's overrated. I think he's a very good player. Very good player. You know, no doubt about that. But what I'm saying is, if he's got to do it for the next couple of seasons, which Salah has, if he does it for the next couple of seasons and takes United on to win win Cups, win titles, yeah, of course. But he's not overrated. I just think the Salah's a, a world-class talent. I think most clubs would snap your hands off for him, if, if I'm brutally honest. I don't know what everyone else thinks, but that's just my opinion. I think Salah's a top, top player. You think clubs are starting to work him out now and he is having to dive because the way he's been diving, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the Olympics in the summer and challenge Tom Daly because he's been diving every game. That's Unfortunately, that's modern football. I'm not going not to condone the diving, but every modern footballer does it. There's no difference in, like I've said before, Madison... Um, the guy from Villa, Jack Grealish, they yeah. they're always diving. No one says a word about it. They are always throwing themselves to the floor. Now, footballers, unfortunately, they must go to drama school when they do the training because the way they dive is is, is quite good. But I'm not going to condone it. But every player does it. He's struggling for confidence. He's struggling for for everything. But he's still top scorer. And I think you're forgetting that. And that's a, that's a huge thing to be still top scorer when you're playing so badly. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. He is, he is still a world-class player, but as you said, he is. Well, I suppose it hasn't just been Salah in dropped in form, but do you maybe agree that maybe Salah isn't Liverpool's best player and most important player, definitely, because obviously they got their normal front three back and they're still, well, they've dropped off worse. So do you think that Van Dijk's their most important player then over Salah? You would say that's the case at the moment, yeah. To, to be fair, I can't, I couldn't really argue with that. They, they seem to have fallen a bit, but I think you know, obviously Fabinho playing centre back hasn't helped them. Um, there's a lot of situation. I think Alexander Arnold and Robertson haven't been as good this year as they were last year, bombing forward. Perhaps because Van Dijk's not playing, but yeah, I would suggest Van Dijk is is obviously a huge, huge um, thing for Liverpool. And I think when he comes back into the team next year. If they keep everyone and possibly reinvest another couple of players, I think they're still going to be a, a force to reckon with, really. And Mr Lopez, one of your um, internationals at Spain, um, playing for Liverpool, signed in the summer from Bayern Munich for about thirty million. Um, talking about Thiago, obviously he struggled. Um, I think he's made seventeen appearances in the Premier League, ten. Um, in all competitions at Anfield, six in the Premier League, and he's lost all five and drawn one. Why is he? not performing like he was at Bayern and getting in, for example, I think last year he was in World Team of the Year. So why isn't he playing like he was at Bayern and how much is he rated in the Spanish team? Well, I think I think we need to consider first that Thiago is being that um, player that everyone is expecting so much from him, but he never quite delivered. It, it was sort of a surprise, the level he was playing at in in Bayern Munich uh, last year, uh, which was exceptional, hence uh, his inclusion in, in top uh, 
um, player of, of the year team. But he's been very, very inconsistent. And I don't know what were people expecting from him on, on Liverpool, probably to continue delivering the, the quality football that he showed to German um, fans last year. But he's, he hasn't been um, a key figure in, in the Spanish national team. Um, he wasn't back in Barcelona. And in all fairness, although I haven't uh, followed Liverpool uh, this year, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that there is some questions raised about his performance. Do you think um, Lloyd next season? Obviously, he joined in in the summer. Obviously, he's at, you know he hasn't had the normal Fabinho in um, centre mid. I know he did uh, in the Champions League, but he hasn't really had you know, Fabinho and Thiago in midfield. Do you think next season he'll be performing? Performing Because as I said, 17 appearances, no goals scored and no assists. So do you think that next season will be his breakthrough season? Uh, well, yeah, I'll say de- I, I, I definitely think so. I'd also say you can't really judge him on goals and assists uh, because well, like he's on that type of player. So it's, it's only fair to judge him of that. And like, well, you look at the Liverpool team he's playing in. He's gone from playing next to Kimmich, Goretzka and Muller uh, to play next to James Milner and Curtis Jones. Like, of course he's not going to replicate this buy-in for me. He's, he's in a much worse team, which is also completely underperforming this season. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it later, but in the, in the Champions League, I, th- I think he had a really, really good game. He did. And it, like, I remember the one body pen for Salah, which was like insane. I, I don't think Salah finished there. Uh, but it was really good, and I, I definitely think he'll get good next season. I really like him as a player, and I, I hate all the criticism about him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really like him as a player, but that expectancy of himself being a top player of a team like Liverpool, I don't think that there should be that expectancy. And obviously, you got to make sure that... The, quality of the player in the midfield for its goals, especially of a player like um, and Thiago, is, I don't think is his role. He shouldn't be in a team where you have Mane, Firmino and Salah. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully for him and the Liverpool fans, he will be able to produce next season. But I didn't realise this until um, the other day. Spain were a bit lucky to have him because I think he he had the chance to play for Italy because he was born in Italy, but he turned um, um, down as well because obviously at the time Spain were successful. Do you think he is a key part of Spain possibly winning the Euros or is there more important players? Oof, that's a very good question, Leo. And at the moment, and since uh, Luis Enrique got back into the role of um, national coach, he has um, used so many different players for every single game that I, I wouldn't be able to tell you who's going to be um, for sure in the starting level on the squad of Spain. Because we have quite a few players in the same position of Thiago. Um, I, I would like to see him play because I think he has the experience. He's now he's not a young player anymore. Um, he's yeah. experienced enough. He played in in top teams and I think we need him but is Luis Enrique willing to give him um, the control of the midfield for Spain it's hard to say because we've been testing so many players in the last matches that it's, it's hard hard to tell and Max Scotty Parker uh, at the wheel will Fulham stay up now 
Um, I mean, I'd like to say yes. Obviously, it, it, maybe a little bit of a challenge. You'd probably say the, the favourites to go down out of the, the you know the teams that aren't quite there and kind of in the conversation still. But um, no, I really do think they have the capacity to. And it, it is kind of unfortunate that you know the team that they're competing with is probably you know, a Brighton. Uh, I mean, they're, they're level on points at the moment, but I think Brighton and Fulham, they're both definitely, they deserve to stay up. And realistically, I'd, I'd imagine that, you know, maybe Newcastle are more are more fit to go down. But, you know, I'd like them to stay up, though, you know, it's kind of sucked against them at the moment. Yeah, they were excellent first half and probably did deserve um, the victories. And I, obviously, you have got to remember, they should have beaten Liverpool in at Craven Cottage in, was it November, December, when they had um, fans here as well, but Salah dived and got... Um, Liverpool a lucky point so it is all set up for a brilliant end to the season for um, Fulham as well oh, sorry sorry um, I don't like to boast about beating average teams but Man United did beat Man City 2-0 um, in the next uh, next game as well I know we shouldn't boast about beating um, you know small club teams but um, brilliant performance really Bruno Fernandes scored a penalty after two minutes and Luke Shaw scoring uh, after 50 minutes Brilliant. I see what did I say last week? I said we'd win tonight and, and we did. They're fourteen points ahead of you in the league. Uh, you don't mind, I, what did I say? If we we've given up the league now, pretty much nineteen other teams have given up the league. Man City have won it. Beat Derby Day rivals. I don't think they've done a double over us in God knows how longs. Probably since well, yeah. I think they'd rather win the league. But well, you know, but it's it's a constant, it's something to grab onto, Lloyd, more than Arsenal and Tottenham at the minute. But um, we won a trophy last year. No, but we, you know, it was good, good trend. Man City's world record um, attempt, and Man United's biggest critic, Alex. Um, no negativity, please. Yeah, you did well. I can't disagree with that. You beat Man City one game. That's fantastic. I. I give you the title, I give you the Champions League, Europa <laughs> League, FA Cup, Carling Cup, I give it to you all. Give it to you all. It's all yours. Take it. It's um all he's at the wheel. But I don't know what you want me to say. I It was yeah, a tactical it, masterclass from all I wouldn't say it was a tactical masterclass oh. at all. I thought Man City were absolutely shocking. And let's be honest. They weren't that bad. Oh come on, Leon, they were poor they were. compared to what they've had. And it they had were. to come if Mares, right? Mares. It had to come to an end at some point. It happened to be Man United, I'm not taking anything away from you. But again, it's it's one game, and like Lloyd just said, they're 14 points ahead of you. It doesn't. They could lose enough three games and not worry about it because they know they're going to win the league. We've got so, a game in hand, though. Well, like, you know, great for you, but come on, really? As I said, it it came at a cost. Rashford's injured, which unfortunately you've got no one to come in to replace him. I, yeah, it was a good performance, but a performance doesn't make a season, does it? Come on. Martial should have scored two. He had a, a brilliant game as we had that one-on-one chance with Edison in the 69th minute. Man, the match performance. Um, but one of the, the main players was um, Luke Shaw this season. He's been involved in six goals already. One goal, five assists. Um, if you look on most chances created in the top five leagues, Joshua Kimmich at Bayern's got 31. Mason Mount's got 32. Um, Philip Kozic here at uh, Frankfurt on 35 and Jaden Sancho's top at Dortmund on 36 and Luke Shaw's third on 34. Surely he's England's 100% starting left back of the Euros, Lloyd. Gotta be, any. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. It, it, this this form is coming in. Well, well, since the start of the season, uh, it's really surprising because I remember the start of the season. I was in Ben Chilwell. Yeah. He's getting the squad over him, but he's not getting a look in now. I think I'm sure is de- definitely. I think is he is he a bit underrated because as you said rightly at the start of the season he didn't have good form. Ben Chilwell was the main man. Would you say he is a bit underrated, Max? I mean, yeah. It's- I mean, typically, you know, looking at his entire career, I'd say this is a kind of an exception. But at the moment, I'd say maybe he's probably a little bit underrated. Or, but I think lots of people are aware of how good he is. So I think he's rated pretty fairly at the moment. Yeah, and we talked about um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer masterclass. Um, that's 22 games um, beaten away um, from home now. And uh, I didn't realise this, but earlier in the season against Luton in the Carabao Cup, when we won 3-0, you become the third fastest Man United man just to win 50 wins. We can't be that bad, Alex. Oh, come on, Leon. If, if, you, I just, if, you, if I tell you what, if I was Man United, I'd go and get Chris Wilder. Cause the end of the Sorry. Day, I, Is this what you have to pull up with every single um, programme, guys? Most of it, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's why I don't come so often, you see, Alex? <laughs> yes, Mr Lopez. But you're the legend of the show. You need to stay and perhaps replace Leon. This Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is just... I don't know what to say. <laughs> Seriously, you have to come back down to earth. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, you haven't done anything in the past 10 years. Well, I, I know I shouldn't get hyped about beating a, an oil in a small club, but I mean, you know, beating. We missed <laughs> more than you in the past 10 years, mate. Uh, yeah, but, you know, oil, oil money can get you a long way. Just ask PSG about, well. They didn't do it in the Champions League. We're talking about Leicester. (laughs) (laughs) No, but... What are you currently between the best five teams in the Premier? (laughs) To to be fair... And Solskjaer is between the best 20 coaches of Thailand, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I've pushed I say 21st in Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) No, but to be fair, it was was brilliant. It was brilliant to get one over um, Derby. But you'll be the same, Alex, when... uh, Actually, you'll probably lose to Swansea, yeah, because they'll get a penalty, won't they, in the last... Yeah, probably, yeah. (laughs) Knowing them, but you'll probably be the same, either one of you on the weekend. Lloyd and Max, obviously... um, just a little uh, little London derby on um, the weekend, which we'll touch on later. But Dean Henderson, is he now an England starter for you um, as well, Max? Because as we said, he's, he's out of coming for De Gea because he's off in um, Spain. He's clean sheet in his first um, Premier League Manchester derby. Brilliant performance as well. Do you think that he will be England's number one or do you think that Southgate will uh, still be with his beloved Jordan Pickford? It's difficult because obviously, you know, uh, Henderson has kind of come up with a bit of good form as well. But I mean, so is Pickford. He's quite, he's picked up recently as well um, after being quite poor at the beginning of the season. But I mean, for me, I think it's, it is, it is difficult because I think Nick Pope has been probably the most consistent of all, of all the options. And uh, for me, I'd probably go with him uh, as my England starter. But you know, he does, Southgate does quite like the ball playing ability of, of Pickford. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks with him but yeah realistically if he wants to maybe shore up the position long term Henderson would be the good the good option to go with so yeah no, there is a couple of different choices but for me I'd go with Nick Pope and um, one news a bit of news to come out this week and it did disappoint me if I'm being brutally honest was Edison Cavani um, his dad come out 
Um, Luisen said um, that he's there's a 60% chance that he's going to South America in the summer. Now, there was obviously a lot of talk a few weeks ago that he could stay at Man United for an extra season, but he is looking like he um, is going to be going to Boca Juniors in in the summer, obviously, I think he almost joined Boca. He was between Boca Juniors and Benfica at the start of the summer when he left PSG, and then we came in. Good, uh, good move for him. Good, good move for him, Mr. Lopez. No, he should have gone to Atletico Madrid. We, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious here. We tried to sign him since I, if I remember well, 20, 2017. We were trying very hard. Even we were interested when he was still. Uh, in Italy, um, but he never he never came to to uh, happen. And I think it would have been absolutely fabulous to have both Uruguayan strikers Suarez and Cavani in the same team. I think he made a mistake by going to to Manchester United. <laughs> Seriously, I I um, know because of Manchester United. Obviously, there is one thousand reasons you want to play for a historical team like. Man United and jokes apart now <laughs> I, I'm always playing in the Premier League it's, it's a great market for you but he would have been way better playing for Atletico Madrid I think it will suit uh, our style more than what um, Solskjaer is, is proposing yeah, I think the problem is obviously he's always injured and he's a weather you know, I suppose Atletico Madrid would have been a good move. He would have gone knockout Champions League. Uh, very funny um, as well. But, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously he wants to go back to his home continent in, in South America. But do you think that maybe it is a bit too early to go back to to Argentina? How old is he? He's 30... 34, I think. 34. 30. Yeah, it's 34, but no, like, I don't know. I, I think a yeah, he's a fantastic striker, but he's not Suarez, isn't it? No. I mean, let's be fair, not even me was expecting Suarez to, to be that effective. Uh, he has to score like 16 goals over the last 18. Um, but it's not the, the same same case we're talking about. Cavani, I think he has given the best he, he, he had to give. Um, it's, fair, it's fair that he wants to go back and play uh, in Argentina. I didn't know he wanted to go to, to Boca Juniors. Yeah, they're the team that um, he's, well, he's always wanted to go to. And his father, as I said, come out and said that it is looking like he's going to um, Boca Juniors. So if he does leave, he, he's been a good servant this season, scored his crucial goals. So good luck to him. Um, in Argentina then, um, Tottenham uh, won another game. They beat Crystal Palace 4-1. Gareth Bale scoring two. Harry Kane scoring two. Kane also got two assists. And then um, Son has got one and Matt Doherty got um, yeah, as well, Christian Benteke with a bullet header after, um, well, it was the first minute in added time in the first half um, to get a consolation goal back for um, Crystal Palace. And for Harry Kane and um, Son, they've now got the Premier League record for the most goals um, combined in a, a single season as well, beating Chris Sutton and Alan Shearer's record. Seven points in nine days, um, Max. Massive improvement. Uh, yeah, I mean... Can't really ask for much more. There was a period of games that were we just coming to the end of now, but you really had to win that if you wanted to maintain the push on top four. We managed to do it, so it really is a case of you know other teams dropping off and us continuing now. Yeah, massive um, result. Talk about you in the Europa League. Then Monday, two games: Chelsea beat Everton two 0 
Um, ben Godfrey scoring an own goal after 31 minutes. Then Kai Havertz won a penalty and Jorginho um, scored after 65 minutes to wrap up the three points for Chelsea. And for Thomas Tuchel, he's become the first manager in Premier League history to see um, his side keep a clean sheet in each of their first five home games um, in charge as well. That's 11 games, eight wins and um, three draws as well. Lloyd, obviously today got announced that Pep Guardiola won Manager of the Month. I said last week that it should be Thomas Tuchel. Do you think that it's harsh on Thomas Tuchel that he didn't win Premier League Manager of the Month? Uh, I, I think it's definitely harsh on Tuchel. Like he's, well, he's coming to Chelsea and he's done this amazing job. But I think I think we're Manager of the Month. I think they need to take some other stuff into context. Like Tuchel just came into the job and like... Like, if you look at it now, he's obviously by far the best season, a bad month even. Like, with all the clean sheets, it was, it was like a new record or something uh, to do with the clean sheets. Uh, as he said, a far better month. Uh, I'm really confused why he won it. And then with the player of the month as well. I don't really think Gundogan should have won. It's not like the championship where they get manager of the month um, correct. Is that not right, Alex? Magic Mick? Magic Mix got it, but it's normally the, you know, the the award that seals the next five games lost, doesn't it? Really, so <laughs> not really that concerned to be honest. It's the, it's the, but but with Tuchel, it's it's a strange one because I thought Roman Abramovich was in the game for attractive football and you know sort of swashbuckling football, which I thought that's why they bought Frank Lampard. And I've literally watched Chelsea twice, and I I've just fallen asleep. There's no, there's no energy there. There's no. Again, Chelsea, you know, used to be watching them with your Drogbers and your Coles and your, you know, your Terry, your Lamp bars. I, I find Chelsea just totally boring to watch. I don't, I don't know if that's just me, but if that's the future of football in, in the Premier League, I, I, I'm not looking forward to the next couple of years. I just think it's really poor, boring football. Uh, I, I, I suppose it's getting them, getting them results. I can't really say much. Uh, no, the results are brilliant. Not... No one can say much, but I just find the style of football... Like, very, very boring and laborious, and just not that good. I just don't find it interesting to watch. But to be fair, Chelsea, if we're being brutally honest, apart from that Olivier Giroud bicycle kit, they weren't really good against you, were they? If if you weren't too defensive, Mr. Lopez, and playing ten at the back, you would have probably uh, nine at the back. You probably would have won that. Uh, I mean. Um... <laughs> Chelsea is appalling. I I totally agree with Alex. Seriously, it's not that they are boring. They are just plainly disappointing with so much money invested with many of the key players that were called to be the, the next leaders of the squad on the bench. I mean, the fact that we didn't win that match, and you all know me, I think Simeone is part of our history, okay? However, I strongly disagree with many of the decisions he made. If Rather than playing with so many defenders, we go and try to win that match. We will have scored at least two or three goals. It's the worst Chelsea have seen in many, many years. I mean, Giroud, which is a semi-retired football player, uh, scoring that amazing goal, it, it was just because we, we plainly refused to attack. And let's not forget, it was lucky because he was offside. If it wasn't because the, the, the ball came from one of our defenders. Yeah. So even though we didn't want to play, even though we allowed them to have the ball, they didn't manage to do anything, really. It just was a strike of luck. Confident in the second leg this week, I think you'll go through. I, I, as, I say, as I say before, guys, it's just up to Simeone. 
does he wants to win the match or he's gonna score one goal and be happy with that and try to control the game uh, like it happened against Real Madrid last week we were in so much better than Real Madrid the moment we went ahead we just refused again to um, keep playing the football we should and try to speculate with the results if we go there and try to just bite them from the very first minute of uh, the game uh, uh, I mean it, should, it shouldn't be any doubt that we are going to go through because we have one by one we have a far better squad than um, Chelsea in my opinion yeah I agree with that um, but don't worry you'll, you'll knock out Man City in the next round as well they don't get further in the quarterfinals um, just okay. saying so then, sweet <laughs> and then the last um, game on um, Monday West Ham beat Leeds 2-0 Jesse Lingard missed a penalty and then um, followed up on the rebound then seven minutes seven minutes later Craig Dawson scored um, for West Ham as well in the 28th minute and then from there um, they hang on then um, Farron Cresswell if you have a look at defenders with most assists this season Ben Chilwell four Luke Shaw and Andy Robson five Lucas Dean at Everton six and, and Aaron Cresswell seven as we've said in previous weeks he's putting himself in the, the shop window for England squad as well um, obviously, it was probably West Ham, the better def- um, set-piece team against Leeds, one of the worst. Another VAR decision, probably won't go into much detail, but Helder Costa um, was just offside. Aaron Cresswell was a bit lucky on, on that occasion as well. But Jesse Lingard, brilliant move for him, wasn't it, Max? Definitely. I mean, I don't know if this raises questions with, I don't know what it is, of uh, United. And maybe it was just an, a fresh start. Maybe it's Moyes. Is a factor to his resurgence. I'm not sure, but you know, it's really impressive, and um, it really raises questions for his future and whether he's going to stay at West Ham or go back to United. And I personally stay at West Ham. Well, I think the issue would probably be the price for you, wouldn't it? Because I think Leicester, West Ham are the two teams that have been interested. I think we've said 60 million. Which would you pay 60 million for? Would you pay 60 million for Jesse Lingard, in your opinion? Um. I mean, if oh, it's difficult because obviously, you, you know, he's maybe had a bit of a stigma about him. But I mean, if he's able to continue this form and West Ham do get European football, Champions League probably, I'd probably say yes. And then the last game, um, there was one game on Wednesday. Man City beat Southampton 5-2. Kevin De Bruyne scored two. We had Mahrez scored two. AK Gundogan um, scored one as well. That was after James Ward-Prowse scored a penalty and Shea Adams scoring a, again. Phil Foden got... Um, a hat-trick of assists in the end. Um, and then for Kevin De Bruyne, he's been involved in 49 goals in his last 58 matches, 18 goals, 18 assists, um, best midfielder in the world without a doubt. But it was a VAR decision. Um, obviously, Phil Foley went round Alex McCarthy after a bad touch um, by McCarthy. And then um, Foden stayed on his feet when, if he'd went down, it would have been obviously... a um, a penalty and then probably a, a yellow card. The VAR came out after and said the on-field referee felt that Alex McCarthy got a slight touch on the ball and VAR couldn't see anything to disapprove that. Lloyd, quickly, we don't, you know, we don't promote players to dive, but do you think that the ref should have still give it as a um, as a <laughs> penalty despite him staying on his feet because obviously we. Not like credit them, but it is good to see players stay on their feet. But then, you know, the way the referees are thinking, you have got to dive to get a penalty. 
Oh yeah, like like I'm sure Pep probably had a go for it and after for not diving. <laughs> uh, because, well, like that's what you have to do now. You're not going to get a pen if you don't dive. Uh, I I can't believe the official said that McCarthy got a touch on it. Is you can you can watch it. I I I don't think he does. I I don't think he gets near it. And uh, I well, I think it's terrible really. He definitely should have had a penalty. And then to to go out after and say that like they never admit their mistakes, which is really annoying, and they never will. But it's really frustrating, and it's just going to encourage more diving. Yeah, it's probably sadly is as well. And it was quite laughable that Pep said um, in an interview with BBC that in the five, four, five years he's been with Pep, um, he's been given absolutely nothing, which over the years, um, you know, they have been given quite a lot as well. But we'll move on from that. Southampton played really well, but obviously the silly mistake from Shea Adams as well for that Mares goal, which um, put them, was it 3-1 up? Um, at the end, and that's 50 um, goals with his left foot in the Premier League, becoming the seventh player to reach that tally after Robbie Fowler, Van Persie, the brilliant Van Persie, Giggs, Salah, Lukaku and Giroud. Not bad player, is he, Alex Mares? Yeah, he's done. He's done OK. Yeah, yeah. I can't, wrong? Can't... No, I am proving wrong. I just thought he, he was poor at the start of the season, and I think he was poor at the start of the season. But he has picked up a lot of, um, you know, he, he has become Man City's... Um, go-to person recently and he's, he's, he's having a really good spell of form you know so I can't can't disagree with that so uh, I didn't say he was rubbish I think, I think you're doing a very good job being a press man here because you, you're misquoting what I said I didn't say he was a rubbish player I just thought he was playing very poorly at the time and he was and I think now he's he's back up to where he was you know good luck to the guy and the Premier League table and Man City they're just six um, wins away now from their third title in four seasons they're top 29 games played, 68. The rest have pretty much played 28. Man United, 54. Leicester, 53. Chelsea, 50. West Ham go up to fifth, 27 games played, 48. Everton dropped to sixth after 27 games, 46. Tottenham go up to seventh, 45 points. Liverpool on 43. Tottenham played 27. Liverpool, 28 on 43. Dropped down to eighth. Villa in ninth, 26 games played, 40. Arsenal played 27-38, Leeds played 27-35, the Wolves have played 28-35, Palace 34, Southampton 33, Burnley 30, Newcastle go up to 16th with our point, 27 games played, 27 points, Brighton dropped down to 17th, a point, uh, sorry, three goal difference now um, above Fulham in the relegation zone, Brighton have played 27 on 26 and then Fulham have played 28 on 26 then. Um, probably the two relegated teams are West Brom, um, 18 points, and Sheffield United, um, 14 points as well. As we've said, Liverpool, Everton, West Ham, Tottenham, any of them going to jump, um, leapfrog, sorry, over Chelsea, Max, for you? Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea, the form that Chelsea are in, I wouldn't be surprised if they, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they could even mount a, you know, push for second, really, because they seemed to be head and shoulders above uh, everybody else in the, you know, in the top four at the moment, apart from Man City, obviously. Yeah, as well, obviously, probably Leicester are the, are the vulnerable team um, in that lot as well, but it will be a, a definite, um, probably a last day like it was um, last year as well. Then the fixtures tonight um, at 8 o'clock on BT, Newcastle, Aston Villa, and then Saturday, half 12, Leeds, Chelsea on BT, Crystal Palace, West Brom, 3 o'clock, and Everton, Burnley at half five, both on Sky. Then Man City go away to Fulham, 8 o'clock on B 
BT. Four games Sunday, Southampton v Brighton, 12 o'clock on BBC. Leicester v Sheffield United at two. Um, small factor of the North London derby between Arsenal and Tottenham at half four. And then the bit, the better game, the bigger game, Man United-West Ham at quarter past seven on Sky. Um, the other three are on Sky as well. Then Monday, Wolves play Leicester. Uh, sorry, Wolves play Liverpool at eight o'clock on Sky. Quickly, before we move on to the Champions League, score prediction for you, Lloyd. Will you beat Tottenham? Uh, I, I don't really want to say anything. I, I think it'll be a really good game. Like, it, it was quite good at the start of the season. I know, like, it, we've got a lot better, especially with the introduction of Smith-Rowe and Odegaard to the team. Uh, I, I just think it'll be a really good game. and I hope we can get a result. Tottenham haven't got a bad free of Max. Do you think you'll beat Arsenal? Easy win? Um, I mean, I think we should do with the favourites. And if we do, if we lose, and that's poor and it's not good. That's what I think. Can't lose to a, a small average team, can you? You lost to us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. But we were, you know. No, they didn't lose, Max. They got absolutely trounced. <laughs> Now we'll move on um, on to the Champions League that none of our teams are in. Um, after the first leg, seven out of the eight Champions League um, ties had resulted in a an away win. Um, it looked a very hard task um, for Barcelona against PSG. Um, in the end, it just fell um, short. Mr. Lopez, Barcelona, obviously out the Champions League now again. Where do they go from here now? Because obviously, I don't know how well are they doing in La Liga. Can they win La Liga or, or is it yours now? Six points clear. Mm. Well, I have to say, even though they they were kicked out of the Champions League, they, they presented far better image in this last uh, match that they did on, on the first leg, obviously. And lately, they've been playing fairly well in La Liga as well. So I think they're still contestants, and and you can never rule them out. It's Football Club Barcelona. Um, we are not as strong as we were on the first half of, uh, of the tournament. So I, I I would like to be positive and say to you, yeah, we're gonna win. This is our uh, uh, our tournament. But Barcelona is is playing well. Um. What's going to happen in the future? As I said in the previous episode that you invited me over, um, it, it very much depends on what is Leo Messi is going to do. Now, we have new president. As I mentioned, there were elections. Um, yeah. They finished. It's La, John Laporta, who is the president who took Barcelona to the, the best uh, moments in, in the history of the club. The one that brought Messi to the club um, and gave the opportunity to Guardiola, so it's the candidate that Messi wanted to see uh, winning. Um, so only only time will tell us what's going to happen. Um, we are expecting, well, the Spanish media is expecting to know what is Messi's decision by the end of May, um, because in his contract he can go free um, before if he decides to do so before June. So uh, answering to you. La Liga is still very much open um, competition. Um, further than that, thinking about next year, uh, it's up to Messi. If Messi decides to leave, we're going to see other movements. We're going to see, for example, Griezmann, who is um, um, questioned in, in the team, 
maybe maybe going into uh, other teams and there were strong strong rumors about Manchester United Leon by the way yeah um and other players as well leaving Camp Nou um maybe reconstructing the team around um players like uh um, Pedri and um, Ansu Fati so new generation of players which is it's it will be very interesting to see if it happens and um, quickly before we talk about La Liga then, round up what's been going on. Obviously, um, it was a bit of trouble with Barcelona. There was all on the world news about um, someone at the club getting arrested. Can you tell us more? Oh, that, that was the the former president, Bartomeu, yeah. president of Barcelona. That that was a huge scandal. Um, I don't know if you remember, uh, I think it was a year ago when the results were not... not very good for the club. Um, That's right. Once again. I remember you saying? And, yeah, and there was there was some uh, criticism of key players there, like Jordi Alba, Piqué, um, Messi himself. So the big big names in in, in the uh, dressing room of Barcelona, and there was some criticism online. Then after after investigation made by a local newspaper, they found out that those those accounts that were criticizing and the players were owned by members of um, Football Club Barcelona. Um, by members, I mean people um, like the director, manager of Football Club Barcelona, um, people very close to the president of Football Club Barcelona. This by itself would be a scandal, okay? Because the, the, the club owners, not owners, the directors, because they, they are not the owners, anyway, criticizing their own players, that's by itself. Yeah. The problem is that they hired a company to create these fake profiles to criticize the players. And they pay they pay this company with money from the club and they actually requested fake fake bills um to pay them. What that means. So if the company were charging let's say 100 pounds per comment and just making it up they asked him to build them for £400. So they were paying four times the money that he should. So 75% of the money disappeared. It was an account for. So it was fraud. Not only they were criticizing the player, which is questionable by itself, it's just they were actually defrauding money in there. And that's why the police initiated an investigation. And then quickly, obviously, um, the league in the past um, few weeks, um, as we said, last time we had you on, you gave us a, a really good depth. Um, since then, you drew with Real Madrid in the Madrid derby on um, on Saturday, I think it was. And then you beat Atletico Bilbao on Tuesday 2-1. Um, I did see that. And Laurent, Marcus Lorente was um, brilliant. And a lot of people have been saying that he has been having a brilliant season. I think Bruno Fernandes is only um, the only midfielder who's been involved in more goals, um, 26, and Laurenti has with 17. Yep. Um, this season, first home win since January, six points clear. Will you win it? And what are the what other stories going on in Spain? Um, the, the biggest news was start draw against Real Madrid, um, which if you think if you think about it, it was a good result. It's a it's one of our rivals, and it, now we are eight points uh, ahead of Real Madrid. For me, it felt like a defeat, really, because we controlled the match for 87 minutes, and again, 
and Real Madrid once again scored within the last five minutes and we left two points escape from from um, Metropolitano. But it's not bad. I think we are still in control. It's still up to us and to win this tournament. Barcelona, as I said, is very strong. Um, Barcelona as well defeated Sevilla uh, in La Liga, not only in the Copa del Rey, that, that they did as well. They they came back from um, 2-0 in the first leg, but also in La Liga, and they defeated Sevilla, which is now fourth. Um, other teams, like Atleti Bilbao, are doing very well. Um, Real Sociedad, that as I mentioned before, they started very well. Now they, they kind of mm, deflated, they not finding the, um, the rhythm as they were. But if I have to bet, I'll bet my money that this is going to be between Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. Yeah, and in Europa League, you said about Granada obviously doing really well. How far can they go in Europa League and La Liga? Uh, I don't know, but everything they've done so far is is just fantastic. The first time to qualify uh, for European tournament in 95 years of history. So at the moment, people in Granada are celebrating. It's, it's such a shame that they, they have no um, fans in the stadium because it's historic, really. And they can go as they can go far. I think they, they will definitely defeat Molde. So um, they, they will go into quarterfinals. And then it's just about dreaming, um, continue dreaming and thinking about next game and then the one after that one. Should Man United, Tottenham and more so Arsenal be worried of them? I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. You think about the the two main strikers. It's Soldado who is 37 and Antonio who is 39. He's one of the oldest strikers in, in La Liga. So uh, despite how much I want them to do well, I don't think it will be a match for teams like um Arsenal, maybe Man United, but Arsenal definitely <laughs> <probably> not. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Mr. Lopez is a legend, absolute legend. We've got to get past Milan first, which is not, not an easy task um, in itself as well. And as we said, with the, um, the Barcelona game, they come so close. And Mbappe scored a penalty after 30 minutes and Messi scored a brilliant strike after 37 minutes as well. I think they had 12, um, 10 shots within the first 25 minutes and they only had 12 in the um, entire of the first leg as well. So Yeah, I think it's a penalty. And I tell you what. And the penalty, yeah. If that penalty goes in. Game on. Get, yeah, yeah. The... the why, why do you think that, obviously, we know Messi's so clinical, was it... I, do you think that obviously they checked it for to be retaken, or obviously it should have been retaken because Ravate entered the box? Do you think that Barcelona were maybe harshly treated there because no. he should have re- he should have maybe retook it because obviously Ravate was in the box? No, no. The, the there is no such a thing with big teams. I, I hate when big teams complain about um, referees. You know, it's unfair. Historically, all big teams in in Europe they've been treated way better than any medium team. Enough. And you, you cannot talk about referees seriously, especially Barcelona. Trust me, as Atletico Madrid 
fan, Barcelona and Real Madrid that are the clubs that always, always benefit from um, referee mistakes. And I, I don't think it should happen. And I say to you, I'm against the VAR, so no, no, I, I would never have repeated that. Yeah, Usman Dembele missed five chances as as well. And as he said, um, is it? Do you think that it is the end for Lionel Messi now and Ronaldo? Because I think it's the first time since 2005, um, 2004 to five season they haven't been in the quarterfinals. Do you think it is the end? Wow, I, I never, I never thought about that, guys. I, I, I think so. I think, especially Ronaldo. Uh, I wanted to ask you as well, guys. I think one of the biggest mistakes Ronaldo ever made was to abandon Real Madrid. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, think about it. Uh, is the worst divorce ever for both both sides, Real Madrid and for um, Cristiano Ronaldo, but especially, especially for Ronaldo. One of the things about Real Madrid, and I'm not, I'm not suspicious of loving Real Madrid, you know me, mm-hmm. but... I like something about Real Madrid. They never put a player ahead of the team. The club goes first. So when Ronaldo said, I want such amount of money, I don't remember how much it was, but it was ludicrous how much. Real Madrid just opened the door and said, off you go. And now, if you think of what happened after that, kind of Real Madrid was right about doing it. So... Ronaldo should have been a bit humble and think, okay, I've won, I think it was three Champions League with Real Madrid. Um, one of the best teams in, in history of football. We can still do things here. Rather than going to a league like the Italian one, who is no longer one of the top three leagues in the world. Oh. I, I, that, that's what I think, guys. And, and Above Bundesliga? Bundesliga? Oof. If I was being, I reckon I think the Premier League's top, so we're our second in the league third. Oh, no way, no way. Guys, do you agree with that? In Serie A, it's better yeah. than La Liga. Well, Ma- Max knows Italian football better than us, so obviously he can probably defend Max. some of our... No, it's def- I, think, I think definitely uh, La Liga is second, or first or second. No, the... First is Premier League, let, let's be fair. But... I mean, Juventus is probably the best team there, player by player. And look where they are now. Yeah, sure. I'd, I'd say La Liga's better than Serie A at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And Bundesliga above, so we are in third for you, Mr Lopez, then? I think so. I mean, and it's the, it's Gaccio's on fault. Mm. Milan is a shadow of what it was in the past. Yeah, 100% I mean, agree with that. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's to be fair, AC, AC Milan are one of the best teams ever to go on the park, you know, with your Maldini's, wow. your right guards, your Hullets, your Van Basten, they were the best, one of the best teams you've ever seen in your life. And, uh, Did you remember yeah. the tactics? Wow. Yeah, so, they were just that, incredible. That was different, different football. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. But do you think, obviously... Granada and Atletico, as it stands, are the only Spanish teams left in European competition. Do you think that maybe, as you said a few weeks ago, the Spanish dominance is coming to an end? I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I throw that question to you guys. Um, my opinion, yes. Well, in well, I suppose that when Atletico win the Champions League this season, 
call it some dominance, <laughs> can we? <laughs> Uh, but as we said, Barcelona, they, they were poor. They had their the chance. I suppose one of their best plays was that um, Serginio Dest as well. He was um, excellent as well. Then Liverpool won the other game against Leipzig 2-0. Um, Salah and Mane were the goals there that sent Liverpool through 4-0 on aggregate. PSG beat Barcelona 5-2 on aggregate. Quickly, for you, Lloyd, can Liverpool win the Champions League? Will they win the Champions League? Uh, it's really hard to predict who's going to win it now, but I, I definitely think they could, and I think they will focus on it just because of just because their league form. Like you look at the position in the table, like top four is nearly like nearly gone for them, uh, and I think th- I think there's a very decent chance they try and focus on the Champions League and really go for it, and it, it would be really cool. Like like it's just funny, like finishing like eighth or whatever, and then winning the Champions League. Just like normally, everyone's the Champions League. Then there's the best team in the world. Like, can you really have the best team in the world in eighth? Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I will be. Um... It, and you look backwards and the winners of the Champions League, and saving some exceptions like Bayern Munich last year that won absolutely everything. Many of the teams who end up winning the Champions League, they do poorly in the in the on competition. Yeah. Probably. Real Madrid is the best example. Every time they're doing bad in, in, in La Liga, they end up doing very well in Champions League. I don't know how they do it, but that's the case. That mean and they I, can win it this year? Liverpool. Can, I flat, can, can Real Madrid win it this year? Because as you said, they're eight points behind you in La Liga. So will, will, for example, will you or Real Madrid throw all your eggs in, well, more so... Real Madrid now, uh, more so Atletico now. Will you throw all your eggs in one basket and go for the Champions League now? Or will you probably, the way Atletico's form has been, you would expect um, you to hang on to the Liga. So do you put all your eggs in one basket and go for the the big fish, the Champions League? It's our dream. We play three finals, never won it. So that's what we really want. We like La Liga as well, of course. We're going to try. But going back to Real Madrid, you never, never rule out that team. Unfortunately, it's, it's it, that's the reality. Real Madrid, they are they're specialists in in Champions League. I don't know how they do it, but no matter how bad they are, they always performs and delivers in in Champions League. Definitely going to be a dark horse. But Liverpool's home game was played at the same venue as their away game. Um, bit confusing how you explain that, but it was played in um, the Puskas Arena in Budapest. And I think their best player on the night was probably um, Nat Phillips as well. Then um, going back to Tuesday, um, the games, there was probably one of the most extraordinary games in the Champions League in a long time between um, Porto and Juventus. Max being our Italian expert, Juventus, it, do you expect Pirlo to be sacked before the, the end of the season or between now and the end of the season, sorry, or will he be sacked at the end of the season or will he be given more time? Um, I mean, I'd like to see him given more time, but realistically, I'd, I, I don't know, I'd expect him to, 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 to be sacked. But realistically, you have to think, if you're going to hire him in the first place, there's no point sacking him. So it's difficult, it's difficult really. But um, I mean, personally, I'd probably give him at least till the end of the season. It was a, a disappointing, but Porto underdogs um, for you, Lloyd, the team, you think that, you know, a lot of teams would probably think Porto would be a walkover, but do you think that they could be a bit of a dark horse, maybe not win it, but maybe get to a semi-final or even a final? 
Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. I think it really depends on the draw. Like, if they go get, like, a buy-in, then, like, I, I expect them to be knocked out. But then, like, you also look at what teams could they really cause an upset against. And I think I probably would for Man City as one of the teams they can make an upset against. Yeah. Just because I can see Pep overthinking it again. And then Porto doing what they did against Juventus both times. And Dortmund. score a nice goal, then doing that. Yeah, I think they might have a chance against Dortmund, but, like... A stop in Haaland is a very hard task to do. And that's you what the TV, like. Oh, what did you say, sorry? Did, did you uh, watch uh, Sevilla, Borussia? Uh, oh, I, I watched some of it, but I didn't watch the full game. I, I watched the full game, and it, they're just clinic. It's, they, they have one chance, they score twice. It's unbelievable, seriously. And it was the case in the first leg as well. Sevilla dominated the whole match. They score twice. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That Haaland is unstoppable. I, I swear, at one point he scored two goals from five touches. It, it's just insane. For Porto though, Pepe, obviously ex Real Madrid defender, he's about 138 now. How brilliant was he? He had a really good game, but uh, like we sort of say, but he had a really good game against Ronaldo. Uh, can he deal with Haaland? <laughs> Uh, but, but at the moment, like on the current form, like going against Haaland is probably a much harder task. Really? Obviously, Porter went down to 10 men after, what, 54 minutes? I was after um, Chizier scored in the 49th minute. Um, Oliveira put Porter ahead after 19 minutes, and then Juventus equalised, and then the red card, and Chizier scored again after 63 minutes. Could have scored a hat-trick. Oliveira thought he'd won it for Porto. Well, they needed two goals. Juventus, Rabio got a goal in the 117th minute. Then Morata had a um, goal cleared off the line. But probably you you could say that Ronaldo did cost Juventus because if he hadn't jumped in that, that free kick, he wouldn't have gone underneath his legs and Chesney probably would have... Yeah, his back, didn't he? Yeah. So you could probably arguably say Juventus' best player cost him cost them the game but where did Juventus go from here in the Serie now Max because it looks like it's a Milan title race yeah like I said I mean it's gonna it's gonna be the you're gonna have to try to get something sorted out I mean tactically in terms of a coach as well I mean they're not doing terribly they can you know they can certainly catch up um but yeah again it's just it's just really looking forward past this season now for them probably and who to, to go forward with or whether it's Pilo or somebody else. Yeah, that's the second year in a row they've gone out on a um, away goals as well. And as I said about uh, Messi and Ronaldo, first time since 2004-5. And the game you watch, Miss Lopez, as you said, Dortmund, Sevilla, Haaland, he's just, he's just an animal. And he was he was brilliant in the first leg, brilliant this leg, scoring two. Al Nassari also scored two as Dortmund went through 5-4 and aggregate as their first quarter final since 2016-17. Alex, you watched their game against Bayern Munich. Do you think that Dortmund could win the Champions League? Yeah, definitely. Um, they, they looked really good, they, they, but I agree with Lowe as I watched a bit of that Dortmund Sevilla game. Sevilla battered them, to be fair. But like you said, when you've got a striker that's in such form as uh, what's his name? Hangalang, Hangalang, Bangalang, whatever his name is. Um, he, he's such obviously he's such a talent at, at such an early age. You know, he's he's going to be a danger. So I think yeah, I think they could definitely go, uh, go to the, go, go to the final. And yeah, of course they could win it when 
But like um, Lloyd said, it's so difficult to predict the Champions League. I, I think all the teams left in it have got an equally good chance. We talk about um, goals as well. Obviously, over the two legs, we haven't had. We've had was what was it? Dortmund went through five four. Juventus lost on away goals. Was it four five four five all? So you know, it's it's been a goal feast. Um, as well, but obviously next week your team at Sir plays away at Chelsea. We, we've said um, quite a lot on that Tuesday. Then Man City, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Man City are, are free two 0 up. I think they are um, two away goals crucially in that game. Real Madrid gone away goal at Atalanta. They go it to the burn about one nil. Bayern Munich um, lead going to the Allianz Arena four one. They have four away goals. Then obviously. Um, massive game between Atletico and Chelsea um, and Chelsea lead 1-0 getting the away goal there so it's all to pay for at Stamford Bridge and then finally to finish the better competition Europa League this week um, first leg of the next knockout stage was it round of 16 we'll start off with Arsenal Lloyd's a bit dodgy against a team that you haven't had good history against uh, yeah it's it's a horrible team Olympiacos uh, I think uh, I think they are like they're the second most. Te- they're the team we've played the second most. Uh, I said at the Prem, uh, second to Bayern Munich. Uh, so we play them a lot, and there was a horror story last year, and they, they nearly have it again this year. We went one 0 from a from a really nice Martin Odegaard goal. Yeah, the first goal for us, and it was a great way to start. And then, well, another terrible mistake, and it let him. Let El Arabi score again from well, he scored last year in the 121st minute to knock us out. Uh, so it was very worrying from the uh, but then well, we scored, we scored two more great goals. Uh, Gabriel scored a really good header from a William Cross, and then Elner just picked the ball up and smashed it in from about 30 yards out. Uh, it was a really good performance, well, it wasn't a really good performance, we finished really good. But we didn't, we didn't really create much. I think we started quite strong, but then it was quite balanced then. But like, I feel like every week I come on and I say, I said that we didn't finish our chances. Like the, like we played well, but we couldn't finish. And well, this is finally the week where, well, we did lots of really good finishing. Like, and well, what a game to pull it out against. But I tell you what, Olympiacos. I know they've got the next defender, Socrates. They've got Jose Halibas, ex Watford. But I think they have got worse since last year, haven't they? They were just. Uh, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. I, I, you know my family. I have family in Greece and, and the yeah. old super fans of Olympiacos. And since the new manager joined, they, they improved a bit because they 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 lost the um, um, dominion that they have over the Greek league, the Super League, uh, and they are getting better this year. And I think last year it wasn't that they were great. I think it's just Arsenal was dreadful in the game they played. And they were a bit unlucky as well last year. Um, but I watched the match and I think one of the... Uh, yesterday, I mean, just this match. And I don't know, Lloyd, if you agree with me. There's certain moments where uh, Arsenal seems to lose the concentration um, defensively. And they consider they lose some, some balls in their own, in their own half. That against another team, it will have cost them maybe one or two goals, and I think that's one of the things Arteta needs to uh, make sure that the team improves. That lack of concentration in certain moments of of, of the match. Yeah, I, think- I, I definitely. I, I remember the few 
a few chances. Like, like Sabayas at the key when we each we tried to drill past a player. It was just didn't work, and then we conceded. Uh, Davila did where we just passed it to the striker. I know it's really worrying. Like on an, on another day where they finish those chances, we get knocked out again. And it's really scary. I think I think we definitely need to improve on that aspect. But I'm not sure if we can with these players, just because they keep doing it week in, week out. Like like in two games, like in the two Europa League games recently, supposed to make three mistakes leading to goals. Which it was just, just terrible. And I, I'm not really sure if Arteta can change that. I think we might just have to buy new players. As you said, Arteta's challenged you to win the next five games to boost your hopes of qualifying for Europe. Do you think that's realistic, or is this your only path into the Champions League or Europe? Well, you can't obviously get Europa League out of this, so it's Champions League or no European football? Uh, yeah, I think it is Champions League or bust, really. The league is kind of done. Uh, it's, it's such like the same situation we were in last year, but this time it's been more extreme. Last case, last season it was, we had the Jets, and it's just outside Europe, or we win the FA Cup, and we did that. But now it's either, we'll do terribly again and finish up to Europe, or win the Europa League and get it into Champions League, which would be huge for us. But it was a much harder task than it was last year. And well, if if Arteta can pull it off, then right. Massive result, and then Tottenham beat Dynamo Zagreb two 0 Harry Kane scoring a another brace as well. He did go off with a nice pack, but he is um, the reports are saying that he will be fit. Sadly for Lloyd um, for the North London derby on um, the weekend. Granada beat Mould as Miss Lopez said. Ollie gonna social's old team two 0 Roma beat Shakhtar three 0 Villarreal won away at Dynamo Kiev 2-0. Obviously, Villarreal's in, um, well, okay form, isn't they? At the minute, Mr. Lopez doing all right in in La Liga. They beat Red Bull Salzburg in, in the last tie. Ajax beat Young Boys 3-0. And then Rangers got a, um, well, a crucial draw away at Slavia Prague. And then the last game, Man United AC Milan. Well, boring game, really. Obviously disappointing considering how good we was against um, Man City on the weekend. They had two disallowed goals, one after six minutes. Um, Rafael Leos getting a, an offside goal and then a ridiculous handball, probably against um, who was it again? Was it um, what's his name? Was it Max? Was it Frank? Cheesy, Cassier, Cassier. Cassier, Cassier, that's the one. Um, and then obviously we, we got the goal through Ahmed Diallo, brilliant dinked um, ball from Bruno Fernandes, brilliantly finished his first touch as well, um, coming on after five minutes. I think he's the youngest non-British player to score in a, a major competition for us as well. And then um, he did get more disappointed conceding um, late on as well. Um, from who do we was it Kajaya, um scoring the goal late on as well in added time. So in overall, will AC Milan be happy with the point coming to us and getting a, a the draw? I mean, probably. I'm not, you know, it, it obviously missing quite a few players. So against it, what you know, an informed Man United side is it is a good result. And Zlatan is he is he back for the second leg? Um, I'm not too sure but i'm sure if i mean if you if the yeah, if you play it to a similar level i mean i could i'm sure it could elevate a draw for for uh, milan into a win for them 
Yeah, they definitely haven't got a bad um, replacement in Man um, Diaz of A. He was um, brilliant. So then, as we said, uh, the second legs, Arsenal, Olympiacos, Shakhtar, Roma, Dynamo, Zagreb, Tottenham, Mould, Granada, all at 5-6 to six then. Rangers, Slavia, Prague, Villarreal, Dynamo, Kiev, AC Milan, Man United at the San Siro and Young Boys, Ajax. Um, at eight o'clock, so they're all um all the European games are on BT as well. So that's it for the St Martin's Football Show. Massive thank you to Alex, Lloyd, Max as well. You can listen to more Mr Lopez um on Spotify as well on the school page. Um, speaking Spanish. Any more episodes coming out soon? Hey, yes, uh, I recorded one of the Spanish podcasts uh, this week. Um, should be over the weekend, maybe Monday after I edit it. And there will be a special year eight uh, next week. Definitely worth um, a listen to as well. So keep an eye out um, for them. So he wasn't only Prince Harry wasn't the only person that upset the palace this week. Harry Kane did that as well. So thank you for listening and goodbye. Dancing with your silhouette in the places that we've been. Ooh, trying to find you in the moon. Broken